0: Well, praise the Lord and God bless you this evening and welcome to the Tabernacle of Deliverance Sunday evening service. As always, I'm your host, Pastor Wolf, I'm excited about what God is doing for us, with us, and through us, and in the midst of everything going on. I'm excited today. It's hot down here in Florida. I'm sweating, but thank God for another day, amen? Listen, I'm excited about some things that God's been doing. I got to go visit some friends today. And we're going down the highway in a nice breeze blowing. And you're feeling good. You're feeling a good breeze blowing. No traffic. Beautiful, beautiful. Listen, tonight I want to talk to you about an interesting topic that came across my mind uh, on yesterday. And uh, it comes to my attention that everybody has what you would call a kingdom. So tonight I want to talk to you about kingdoms. There's all types of kingdoms today. Everybody got some type of kingdom. So tonight I want to talk to you about kingdoms. But I want to talk to you more focused tonight on the kingdom of God. Because the kingdom of God is the actual kingdom that everybody's trying to get to. And there's a way to get there, but everybody's coming up with their own ways. I was informed tonight some well-known preachers are planning on rewriting the entire Bible. Well, they can write the entire Bible all they want. They ain't going to change God's word because it's already settled in heaven so they can make all the new Bibles they want. doesn't matter. It's not going to change God's word. It'll be their words versus God's word. And at the end of the day, they ain't saying nothing. Bow your heads with me. Let's get started. Father God, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your mercy this evening. I thank you for your traveling mercies. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for the hospitality here in Tampa, God. We thank you for your mercies. we thank you for your word. I ask that you touch every liberal soul under the sound of my voice tonight, in Jesus' name, amen. Get your Bible, and let's talk about kingdom. First, I want you to go with me to uh, the book of Matthew chapter five and verse nine. Now let's look at that verse. It says, blessed are the peacemakers, for well, they shall be called the children of God. Now, when you look at the scripture here, let's look at it again. Blessed are the is they shall be called the children of God. First, they got to be called the children of God. You have to first be a child of God. Everybody's not God's child. Everybody around saying, I'm a child of God, I'm a child of God. Everybody's not a child of God. Many, many people say I'm a child of God, and um, I serve God. But let's find out about really serving God. Now, let's look at that verse again. It says, oh, excuse me, wrong verse. It's supposed to be 19, not 9. I'm sorry. I know something's running out of time. Okay. I got ready to say, what was that? Okay, here we go. Now, whosoever therefore shall break one of the least of these commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do, whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Look at that scripture again. But whosoever therefore shall break... Uh, one of the least commandments shall and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. What does he say? What is God saying here? It's simple, listen to this. Every day, we follow Roof, uh, we should post them. When we're going on the highway, we should post, uh, follow the, uh, the stop sign. Uh, well, excuse me, the speed limit sign. When we get off the highway, some of them have stop signs. Some of them have lights. We should post to follow them. But since we don't follow them, they got those guys that have those sirens on the top of their cars. They waiting for you not to follow them. So they come fly behind you and give you juicy tickets. While I was on the highway, they were just sitting there just waiting. Just waiting. I mean, they were just waiting for you. It's the same thing with the scriptures. When we, the scripture said, if any man, now, now listen to this. He didn't say who. He said, if any man take and teach less than what that scripture says or that commandment of God says, God is going to make them less than the kingdom of God. What is he talking about? They're taking to teach them something different. you teach teaching what you want. you tell the people what you want them to hear. But the scriptures ain't going to change. This is why I say many people teach whatever they want. And it's pro- I think one of the biggest problems the church really has, they don't search stuff for themselves. They don't take time and search the scriptures for themselves to see what God has to say. They only go by what the preachers say. There's been times when the preachers say, and God said, go around the corner. I don't see that in the Bible where God said, go around the corner. He didn't say go around the corner. He told them to go somewhere. And you jump, up and know. Amen. God said, no, no. The kingdom of God is already established. The kingdom of God has been there. It's not going nowhere. It is man and his kingdom. Now, People say, "What's, what's man' kingdoms? Man makes his own kingdom." In fact, come on, everybody know man say, "His home, his house is his kingdom." Come on, now his home is his kingdom. I'm in charge here, and he's pulling up his man and saying, "I'm in charge. I'm, I'm in, charge here." And you really know the wife is in charge, but he just, he just the one running around, uh, uh, making like he's the one in charge. Oh, Bible, when this falling apart on me. Anyway, the scripture tells us, everything that falls on the day. But listen, the scripture tells us that God's kingdom is already established in the earth. His kingdom of his people that's here, we're here to walk with God, to go on the glory to his kingdom. But the thing I want to bring out most about this scripture here, if you teach people anything other than what God works, say you're going to be called the least in the kingdom of God. You can't just dream up stuff and tell people that God said people need to take time and search the scripture. The Bible says, well, Adam, you think you have eternal life. And many people testified that they had eternal life. And then when they searched the scriptures, they found that they didn't have eternal life. They just had religion. People say, well, going to church is religion. It is true. Going to church is religion. Going to church is religion. But here's the thing about this. If you go to church, and you get Christ in your life, you won't have religion, you have salvation. Anybody can go to any synagogue, any church, and just do religious stuff. So you you, you have religion. That's the religion you're doing. I'm Baptist, I'm Methodist, I'm Pennsylvania, whatever. That's religion, but salvation is not religion. It is a personal walk with God, and you become part of that kingdom of God. I'll say it again. When you get a personal walk with God, You become what? Part of the kingdom of God. Religious people are not part of God's kingdom. They just belong to a religious organization, Mm -hmm. which anybody can do. Anybody can become a part of a religious organization. Anybody can become part of God's a, a religious organization. You'll become part of a, a Baptist a, a organization, a Pentecostal organization. Any type of organization you want to become part of, you can become part of that. And then you can even move up in it. You'll become a, a deacon or a head deacon and so on and so forth. However, the kingdom of God is not made by man. The commands of man is not what moves God's kingdom. It doesn't regulate God's kingdom. And we have gazillion churches and uh, different religious organizations. However, not one of them can move God's kingdom. Not one of them could change one thing about what God has already said and what God has already established. This is nothing we can do. We can burn all the Bibles, all the books about God. We can actually burn every single one of them it still will not change that God's word is settled in heaven. Look at that verse. Look at that verse, of uh, verse 19 of chapter 5 of Matthew. Look what it says. Whosoever therefore shall break one of the least of these commandments and shall teach it. You go teach somebody something the scripture didn't say. Or you're going to take that scripture and only tell them part of the scripture. This is why you need to take time and search the Bible for yourself. You have to search God's word for yourself not based on just what the preacher say. because many times I've heard preachers only say part of a scripture. Everybody jumping up and down saying, Amen! Amen! Thank you, Jesus! But they never heard the rest of the verse. They never took time to read it for themselves. The Bible says search the scripture. The kingdom of God this is already a step. It's not changing. He said, I'm the Lord thy God that changes. not. he ain't changing. We're the one changing. We're getting gray hair or just losing all our hair. And then, you know, some guys, they cut the rest off so nobody knows. They have little drops up on their head. We changing. We get older. And then the women, when their hair goes, what they do, they put them wigs on. Them pretty, really, them glorious looking wigs. And they looking all pretty. And, you know, then, you, then when you see them without the wig, you're like, oh, my gosh. I never forget somebody visited my mother-in-law. She had this, she had this wig on for years, and I never knew it was a wig. So one day she took the wig off. I'm like, what happened to your hair? Oh, her hair was gone. Because she didn't have any hair. Let's move on. Let's go to Mark 10:25. Mark 10, 10, 25. Let's talk a little more about kingdom. And it says, listen to this. It is easier for a camel camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. I read it again. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Now I want to tell you something. A lot of people love the a lot of preachers love to jump up and down when they say that. Oh, it's easier for a rich man to enter to the kingdom of God. He has to be easier for them to go through a needle. I want to tell you something. That didn't say that God didn't have rich people in heaven. It didn't say that. It said it'd be easier for them to go through a needle for them to enter the kingdom of God. You want to know something else? Poor people, they're spending all that time trying to get rich so they can't get into the kingdom. They're not seeking after the God. They're trying to get, what's the rapper name? I always talk about it. He says, get rich and die trying. Well, they trying. They're trying to get rich. And they die trying. But the whole thing here is this scripture is telling us about rich people. People with wealth and success, they're some of the most difficult people to deal with when it come to God because they feel, I achieved this. I did this, and if they're talking about their kingdom, I made this money. Look at my fabulous house. Look at my mansion. I did this from my sweat. I did this from how not realizing it's God that gave them the strength. They missed the boat that God gave them the strength, but they're saying, I made this kingdom. This is mine. This is mine. I did this all by myself. I made these, these millions of dollars. Nobody can't tell me nothing. And some of those people are the very people that God is talking about. It will be harder for them to enter into the kingdom of heaven simply because they're so caught up in themselves and what they attain, and they are people that have died. Listen to this. There are people that have died and stood before God, and they said, I'm so-and-so. I did this, and I'm really just, because if you read the Bible, you read the Bible, you're going to see a story about a publican and, a, and another man. They're the type of people that feel that they have achieved, I do this, tell of them to give money to the church, so they feel that they're eligible. But your eligibility to enter into the kingdom of God only comes through Christ Jesus. It ain't coming no other way. Now, I tell people the truth. If you want to follow a uh, uh, Hare Krishna, a Buddha, or Muhammad or, or one of them gazillion people that things that people worship, mm. continue to follow that and worship that. But you will not enter into the kingdom of God. You can only come into the kingdom of God through Jesus Christ. It's just that simple. So people get upset. Why are you saying that that's the only way? Because it's true. If you want to go to the kingdom of heaven, that's only right. If you want to follow Buddha, Muhammad, or, mm-hmm. uh, um, I, I don't know. Some country got so many gods, so I, I, I can't keep up with all of them. Mm-hmm. But those are the popular names you got uh, people now. Mm-hmm. So if you want to follow them, continue what you're doing. Now, here in the United mm-hmm. States, we have a problem. We have a serious problem. What's the problem? We created our own gods. We got the God of clothes, the God of money, the God of wealth, the God of cars, the God of home. People say, "No, we don't." Yes, we do. <laughs> we'll kill you over you stepping on our shoe. Don't tell me you won't. just leave that kill you over you step over their shoe. They worship that shoe. You step on their Jordan to find out what's gonna happen. <laughs> Go up to them and step on that Jordan. That guy gonna slap you down. Okay, I I know this, but the thing is that we make things our kingdom. When you look at it, look all the look, look all the shoes, the sneakers. Like I got. I know some guys that got sneakers. And they'll tell you about it. I know one guy got a room. His whole room is dedicated to sneakers. That's his kingdom. Don't You can't go in there. You cannot go in that room unless he allow you in that room. That's his kingdom. But little do he know, that kingdom will perish. It will perish after a while. So what he does, he has all the sneakers in the room. He don't wear them. They're just to the see That's kingdom. That's like diamonds and gold to him. Now, all sneakers in the room may be worth $100,000. I'm saying he got sneakers. And I mean a lot of sneakers. And I'm not talking about no, uh uh, uh what they used to call them, uh Converse. What is the uh, ninety nine They used to have what we would get. No, he got real stuff. The sneakers are running anywhere from $150 to $500 or $600. Why? He made that his kingdom. He made it his kingdom. This is what he worshiped. This is what he idolized. This is what he spent all this time on. And people do that not only with sneakers, they do it with clothes, they do it with people. And then when those people feel and they're upset, they can't understand why this has happened. Why did Joey leave me? They idolize this person. Not realizing they're a human being and they're subject to two different things. Kingdom. But in order to enter into the kingdom of heaven, we have to go the way God say go. In order to obtain eternal life, we have to do it the way God's word say do it. We have to follow the way God say follow him. In order to follow God's kingdom, you got to obey what his works say. He said, why call me Lord, Lord, and I do the things that I say do. It's simple. There's many kingdoms, but there's only one kingdom of God. There's only one kingdom of God. Look at that verse. 1025. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man into the the kingdom of God. Yo, some preachers get excited about that. But the fact that remains, it's almost the same thing for poor folks. Some of them are so busy trying to obtain and gain and obtain and gain to the point where they'll never look at the obtaining the kingdom of heaven. Let's move on. Let's go to Matthew chapter thirteen and verse forty seven and a reason follow. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net, that was cast into the sea, and gathered every kind, verse 48, which was in it, which when, excuse me, which when it was full, they drew to shore, and sat down, and gathered the good into vessels, but cast the bad away. Look at that verse again. And the kingdom of heaven is like unto a net that was cast into the sea and gathered every kind, which when it was full, they drew it to shore and sat down and gathered the good into a vessel and cast out the bad. Now, that's the kingdom of God. That's how the kingdom of God is. So let's knock out one of the biggest things, problems the church has. Everybody has one problem. People go to church and say, "Well, I don't. I can. I'm not going to be. I don't want to go to church, and I don't want to be saved because everybody in the church is a hypocrite." The scripture here says that we just read, "The kingdom of God is like a big net, and is thrown and cast into the sea." and it picks up and pulls up everything out of the seat. Now I mean everything's coming. The net is full of every kind of uh, whatever's in the seat. And then they sit down and they sever what's good and they throw out what's bad. And that's the same thing with the church. That is the same thing. People make excuses why they won't be saved because that's what they see the preacher do and what they see other people do in the church, and all their attention is on them, but they never focused on the kingdom of God for themselves to obtain eternal life for themselves. They're so busy focusing on what everybody else do. There's a story that a lot of us tell, and it's a true story about how people are. You get a story of a pastor, and the lady came to him and said, Pastor, I don't wanna come to church no more. I'm not coming no more. He said, there's too many hypocrites. He said, what? He said, there's too many ponies, this body's doing that, sister so and so doing this, brother so and so doing that. So he said, do me a favor. He said, go get a pitcher of water and a cup. And he gave her the cup. He put the cup there, he filled it up for her. And he said, now I want you to do me a big favor. Walk around the whole church with that cup. Don't spill a drop of water. And she took her time, it took her some time to do this. She walked around the whole church when she got back to him and he says, now, what happened? He said, she said, I, 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 I had to walk real slow because I didn't want to spill none of the water. He said, well, what were you doing while you were walking? I was looking at the water so I wasn't spilling. He said, that's what you're supposed to be doing. You shall have your eyes on God and not everybody around you. That's not your responsibility. They're not your job to see what they're doing. That's not your job to see what Joe's doing. That's not what your job is. You came to church to serve God. You came to get right with God, worship God, bless God, hear the word of God. You didn't come to church to see what nobody else was doing. That's one of the biggest problems in the church. It's like a kingdom. Everybody have their section. The women come in with their, as I call flying saucers, they come into church with their flying saucers, hey, you can barely see their head, and you're trying to look under the hat to see who it is. And now when they sit down, you know when they sit down, the hat is so big, it's blocking the person in the back of them, and then the person next to them got a kind of move over because the, head, the, the hat is hitting them in the head. It's all this ridiculous stuff. Because that's my seat. I've actually seen people fight over chairs in church. I mean, they got in a fifth fight right in church. I couldn't believe it. They got, that's my chair. Bad, bad, bad. I'm like, oh my God, they're in fighting over a chair. They were fighting over, a chair. I'll never forget it. They were fighting over a chair. That's my seat. Don't sit in my seat. Kingdom. That's what it was. That was her personal kingdom. She coming every Sunday. That's her seat. Don't sit, hussy! They got to a big fight in the church. I couldn't believe it over a chair. Every chair had no trouble like to it. But they came in and they fight over a chair. It sounds funny, but it really happened. I was startled. They rumbling in the church over a chair because it's kingdom. They feel this is theirs. Nobody else can touch it. Nobody else can sit in it. That's not part of the kingdom of heaven. Remember what I just said about the lady walking around the church with the water in her hand? She walked around that church slowly so she would not spill the water. So she would not spill the water. She focused on that cup of water. She couldn't have time to look around and see who was what because she wanted to bring the full cup back to the pastor. And what she did, he said, that's what you're supposed to do. You come to church to fill your cup before the Lord. You come to focus on the Lord. That's where we we, we mess up. We come in looking at this body. We came to see our friends who we hang out with at the church. Our motives have changed. Our, our, Our thinking has changed. God bless us a little, we get proud. I ain't telling nobody nothing. I ain't talking to them. I don't want to talk to them. God bless your business a little. You think you're better than everybody else. You can't be that way. The kingdom of God is not designed for people like that. The Bible talks about the kingdom of heaven is designed for people with meek and lowly spirits and hearts. They humble themselves. You can't do everything you want and expect to enter the kingdom of God. It's being truthful. That's super people. What? You cannot live any other way and expect to an eternal eternal life. People don't understand that. They get upset with me. Don't be telling me how to live. It's not me telling you the Bible's okay. Let's solve the thing here. If you don't want to serve God, close the Bible. Don't even bother with it. Don't go to church. Yes, I'm saying don't even waste your breath going to church. If you don't want to serve God, why waste your time? Why give the church money? If you do. When you don't want to be there. I don't go to the bar. You think I'm going to go drop some money in the bar? I don't think so. I don't go to the whole house. I'm not going to drop some money. Y'all want some money? I don't want to deal with y'all. Y'all want some money? No. Where your heart is, that's where you, you, you're going to be. And that's the thing about people with, with, with Kingdoms. They come in church with kingdom. At home, they have kingdom. They don't share nothing. I didn't use years ago when I was younger. I don't like to share food. I'm confessing my sins and my crying. I don't like to share food. I gave you my food, I gave you my shirt off my back. But the thing is this what kingdom are you living to go to? What kingdom are you working towards each day to arrive at? People say I don't believe in God. I ain't got time for that stupid garbage. They do. Now I don't believe in God. That's that. That's not religious stupid junk. I ain't got time for that garbage. I ask a lot of people one question: Do you or do you know that, that whether or not God is real? They'll say right off the bat, "Oh, God ain't real. It's nonsense. I ain't got time for that." That's some. Either you know, the black people are telling me that's some white man's religion, Then mm-hmm. the white folks are talking this, and that's some. That's a, 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 a black, those, y'all black people, that's your religion. Guess what the Hispanics have to say? They'll do something like this. They don't know. They, that's, they don't know. God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship in the spirit and the truth. Now, I'll tell anybody, anywhere, if you honestly, sincerely want to know if God is real, ask him. That's the thing. If you really want to know if God is truly real, sincerely ask God if he's real. No jive, no nonsense. Don't be hypocritical about it, be truthful. And then uh, the Bible said, let's hear the whole conclusion of the matter. So if you want to know if the kingdom of God is real, ask the man himself, so. are you real? Somebody say, I don't want to be talking to myself. You talk to yourself anyway. You talk to yourself when you get dressed in the morning. So come on. Ask God if He's real. That'll solve the whole matter. God, are you real? You gotta really ask Him, not just say it to make somebody feel good. I asked God I did what you said, Dan. I asked God if He was real. And I'll say, What did He say? He didn't speak back to me because you ain't asking. He you didn't ask Him. Look at that verse. Verse 25 says. Verse 25 of, uh, what is this? Mark and then Matthew. It says here, it is easier for a camel to go through a needle, through the needle of a, uh, uh, the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. Oh, wait a minute, we had Matthew. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm sweating a little out here. Uh, okay, 1347, I'm sorry. Okay, so it says here, again, the kingdom of God is like a net unto a net that is, was cast into the sea, and it gathered every kind, kind, kind. Now, here's the thing you must understand about every kind. Whatever comes in the church building, the church building is a revolving door. That's why I accuse your excuse about this body, the hypocrite, and that body, the hypocrite. Everybody's entitled to come through that door. Whether they're crazy, insane, a murderer, or whatever. Every title to come through that door. But the scripture said, he will sever those that don't want to do right. He will remove those that don't want to do right. That's the difference. But our focus should be that we want to serve God, that we want to live for God. And get to know him personally for yourself. Get to know God in the pardon of your sins for yourself. Bow your heads, I want to pray for the TV broadcast right now. Father God, in the name of Jesus, those that's watching the TV broadcast right now, ask you to touch every liberal soul and break every yoke in their life. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, let's move on. Let's go to Matthew cha- Mark chapter 3 and verse 24. Mark chapter 3, verse 24. And listen to what it says. Listen, this is very important. And if a kingdom be divided against itself, that kingdom shall not stand. I'll read it again. And if a kingdom be divided against itself, it cannot stand. That's your home, that's your church, your job. Just imagine, the boss say one thing and everybody gonna do the opposite. A kingdom that is divided against itself cannot stand. You're doing one thing and everybody doing the other. It has to be one accord. The pastor can't be doing one thing and the assistant pastor doing the other. The husband can't be telling the kids, it's okay to do what you're doing. And the mother's saying, no, I don't want you doing that. That kingdom is going to fall apart. That home is going to fall apart because there's no sound direction. I don't care if it's your job. I don't care if it's your home. I don't care if it's your church. I don't care what it is. Any kingdom that has sound direction, it will fall apart. It will fall apart after a while. It's not going to stand. I don't care how great it is. I don't care how pretty it looks. It's going to fall apart. You have to, matter of fact, let's make it simple. Let's talk about individuals. If an individual do not know what they want to do with their life, they're going to get caught up in everything. They not Some of them don't want to go to, if they don't want to go to school, you know they're going to get caught up in everything. Why? Because they don't have no direction. School is generally supposed to give you some type of direction of what you want to do. If you know you're 35 years old and you still don't know what you want to do with your life, you are jacked up. You are messed up, you gotta get your head right. If you ain't got your head right, you're not gonna know what you wanna do. When we were little kids, they said, oh, what do you wanna be when you grow up? All right, don't laugh at me, but I I wanted to either be a spy or a secret service, that was me. I didn't wanna be no policeman, no fireman nonsense. I wanna be no fireman. Well, you want me to get burnt (laughs) up? That didn't interest me. No, I wasn't interested in fireman. I was interested in spy stuff, and be a secret service. That was my thing. At least, come on, as a kid, that was an idea of what I wanted to do. But as I got older, my focus changed. Notice I said focus. This is the same thing with the kingdom of God. You have to be focused on reaching there. If you're not focused on reaching the kingdom of God, you're never going to get there. I don't care what you do in church. You can help the pastor do everything. You can give every dime you got. It don't matter because that don't equal eternal life. Jesus said you must be born again. You must accept Christ and you must obey what the scripture said. The Bible says, study thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not be ashamed rightly dividing the words of truth. The words of truth also has to do with books that you read every day. Books in school so you can understand, because people go to school and don't know nothing. No, they don't know nothing. You was know a time when, uh, when schools would just pass you to get you out of the class. they just pass you and just, and you still don't know nothing. My friend was a teacher in special ed. He had students that looked taller in him. He had to look up to some of them. they have been in the same class for five years. They didn't learn nothing. These guys are 19, 20 years old, and they're in the fifth grade. They ain't learning. They won't open those books. But the system keeps them in the school. And but when they're 21, they kick them out. <clears throat> they did not learn nothing. Whether they choose to learn anything or not, they become jacked. And it's true. This is why you have to have some focus. Where are you going? How are you going to get there? It doesn't matter when people say, I don't believe in God. I don't go to church. Going to church don't save you anyway. I know preachers get upset me when I say it. They say, don't be telling people not to go to church. It's the truth. If you're not going to serve go why waste your time? Why waste your time? You getting dressed up to go to church on Sunday to plead Mary Joe, Harry, Billy. For what? For what? There is no ter- eternal gain for that. There is no eternal gain. That's what mess up a lot of people When they give, they give lots of money to church And they think that that's going to solve all their problems It does not The life you live Speaks for you Greater than all the dressing, all the money Nothing you could do Could change the fact that going to church Giving money, being a nice person Oh yeah, let me get the nice person There are many people that are very nice They're very loving people But that don't equal eternal life One person must accept Christ as their personal savior and allow Christ to direct their life. It's a personal thing. The Bible says, whosoever will. That's what I like about that part. It says, whosoever will, let them come. God wants to fill up his kingdom with people. But guess what? (laughs) People don't want to go. They want God to come down to their level. I had a relative years ago tell me that. He told me, he said, listen, as long as God come down and agree to what I want, I, I want to go to heaven. But if he's not gonna agree to my terms, I don't want to go to heaven. I'm like, what well, do you want from me? You need to talk to him and tell him that. But if I you, I really would tell him that, but you know. But that's that's how we are. Let's move on. Let's go on now to Matthew chapter 24 and verse seven. Matthew chapter four and verse seven. And it says as follows: For nations shall rise against nation and kingdom of against kingdom, for there shall be famines, pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. And then verse eight said, these are all the beginning of sorrow. I read it again. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famine, pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places. And the, all these are the beginning of sorrow. Now, most people said I've been hearing that all my life. Don't come telling me about that scripture. I know that scripture backward, forwards, and side, sideways. That's wonderful that you know the scriptures that way. That's beautiful that you know the scriptures that way. However, the scriptures is telling you something that's actually taking place. But verse 8 tells us it's the beginning of all sorrow. All our troubles are beginning. People people complain about uh, uh, um, the uh, virus outbreak. People say, I can't believe that God let this happen to us. I can't believe that God let this happen to us. How can he let such a thing happen to us? How do God was love? How he let all these people die? I'll be honest with you. If I was dumb, I would say that. But I'm not dumb. I'll tell you a fact. Man made it. And he couldn't fix his mess. And it it got out of control. Come on, we all know men make stuff. And then they can't fix it. And then they try to patch it and cover it up. And it don't work. The Bible said, be sure your sins will find you out. Well, they sin, found them out. In the midst, it killed people. That's the thing about it, it killed people. And now one nation pointing at another nation, they, say, they did it, they did it. It's man. Man likes to destroy stuff. It's this obsession. Man wants to rearrange everything. He wants to rearrange everything to his completion, to his desire. And in the midst, he destroys stuff. My brother brought out an interesting point to me, and I, I think it's true. He talked about, uh, we were talking about animals and bears going back to the homes, that are uh, breaking into people homes. And I told the story about one bear that's famous and a legend, he breaks into the people house, go to the refrigerator, empty it out, eat up all the food, and then go, if they have a piano, he'll stand there and play the piano, go peek out the window, come back and play the piano. And he actually caught this on video. People was telling this to police that and, and uh, state troops and they didn't believe them. Two, they finally caught it on, on, on video, but the bed doesn't tear apart the house. He only breaks open the door, go to the refrigerator and they, ah, gobble up everything. Then goes over to the piano, stop playing. you see him playing. Stop. Go to the window and peek and see if the people coming, and then go back. Dum, 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 dum. I was startled to see the video. But the problem here is that was once that bears kingdom before they built those houses there. Before those houses were built there, that was animals kingdom. But since the animals were kicked out of their kingdom, they come back, and it's the same thing where I live with the dead. Sometimes the dead walk through New City. They walk through, checking out the community, checking out everything. That's why a lot of dead get hit on highway, because that was their their kingdom. They were used to walking through it, but man has highways there, because man want everything for him and his kingdom alone. They don't believe in sharing. They don't. Only thing they believe in catching animals or putting them in zoo or shooting them. You think they want animals around? No, hit them, hunt them, and kill them. Kingdom—that's the thoughts of the man, man, and his kingdom. That's how he thinks. Destroy everything we can get our hands on, it. and then we're gonna rebuild it after you destroy it. You're gonna rebuild it. Give me a break. That's why we have a lot of animals that are now extinct because man went, man went on his hunting spree. Oh, let's hunt them, let's hunt them. But they ain't gonna be no more. Let's hunt them. They'll come back. When they all gone, how they coming back? But they're going to fall out of heaven? That's the thinking of man's kingdom. I want to put it on my wall. I want to put the ram head on my wall. I want to put the deer head on my wall. I want it all on my wall. That's us. That's how we think. Oh, those us in suburban areas. We have other idols. You know the idols to them, them heads, them ram heads and goats heads and all that. Those are idols to them, but we have our own idols. We, have, we make our own idols. We got entertainers that we have pictures all over the house of, and, and we don't even know them personally. They make it worse. We got pictures of them on the wall, and oh, I just love them. Oh, uh, And you don't even know them. And, oh, I just love them. I was driving with, with somebody some years ago, and we were talking about uh, uh, President Obama. And the person said, oh, I just love Obama. I just love him. I love him. I'm looking at them, but you don't even know the man. And he surely don't know you. Oh, I just love him, love him, love him to death. She don't even know the man. And she would probably never get to meet him. But she loved him to death. If only his wife knew how much this woman loved him. (laughs) She probably go outside her head. We make things our kingdom instead of seeking the kingdom of God. That's what, what messed most of us up. We make things our kingdom and we don't go after the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Look at that verse again. You shall hear wars and rumors of wars. There shall be, oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah, okay. Verse seven, right, right. Okay, verse 6 says, and you shall hear wars, hear wars, or rumors of wars, and see that you be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not. So people run around saying, it's the end of the world, it's the end of the world. I see people, I see people when um, they make disaster movies, when they make the disaster movie. that's the first thing you see everybody run around with on uh, 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 cardboard saying, it's the end of the world, it's the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. Don't think just because all this stuff is the end of the world. It's the beginning of sorrow. Once the Lord snatch away his church, then you got seven years after that. And then seven years after that is not going to be a piece of cake. You don't have to worry about building your kingdom because there's only one kingdom that's going to be built and that's going to be the kingdom of the uh, Antichrist and it won't be your kingdom. You won't be knocking yourself out to get the best of this and best of that. You're going to do your best to survive. That's what you will do. So why we have now people are building up their kingdom of, of, of perishable things when they should be buried, building up the kingdom of God, building up their life so they can obtain eternal life. I didn't say walk up and down saying, Jesus, 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 Even though I know people that were doing it. Jesus, 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 they ain't never told you to do that. You don't have no robots. God don't have robots. You go about your daily life and you live one day at a time before the Lord. You walk with God on a daily basis. That's what we're supposed to do. One day at a time, it's not all in one day you take out time and learn who God is and get to know him personally. That's why I tell people, ask God, is he real? It's not a religious thing. It's getting to know if God is real for yourself personally. I ask people to do, ask God sincerely from the bottom of your heart, is he real? And then I'll put that whole thing to end. It will end the whole story. It will end everything about God. When you ask God, is he real for yourself? Not based off your cousin, your brother, your uncle, your aunt, nobody. Because I knew somebody. I knew somebody that um, they served, they they went to church based off their parents. They went to church based off their parents and he did everything the church told them to do. But they never served God for themselves. They, they never served God for themselves. They never got the new God for themselves. And my pastor called the person out, the young man out, and he called him out and said, James, you need to get saved. Mm-hmm. And everybody looking at my pastor like he's crazy. What is he talking about? James is saved. James, did, James was, this guy was the head counselor. <laughs> he was one of the head counselors leading people to Jesus Christ. This was funny. But what happened with James was James was brought up the right way, but James never got to know the Lord for himself. And everybody was stunned. And he went up to the Lord and got saved. And everybody was, they mouth's dropping open. And they're saying, James, don't you were saved? He said, no. My mother taught me that we were supposed to do this, and we were supposed to do that. I didn't know I needed to be saved. He didn't know he needed to be saved for himself. He was doing all this stuff in the church, but he never realized that he needed to have personal salvation. He was excellent in the Bible. He was an excellent counselor talking to people about being saved. He actually was excellent at telling people about how being saved, but never applied it to himself. I met many people like that. Their parents were saved, but they never took time. Whenever they had problems, they went to mama to pray. They went to their mother or father to pray, and they prayed. and God would move. But they never took time to get to know God for damn self. And this is why I tell you that salvation is not r- religious. It's a personal relationship with God. It's an individual relationship with God. When you walk with God on a daily basis and you get to know who he is. That's my brother always say that you need to get to know Father God for yourself. You need to get to know God as a father. People say, I didn't know you were going to call God's father. Yes! The Bible tells us that. We should get to a point in our life where we acknowledge God as father. Yeah, it's all in the Bible. I don't write it. But we don't get to know God as father because we're still on the level of saying, oh, God, help me. Oh, God, help me. We never got to the point where we built a relationship, father and son, our daughter and father relationship with God. Because all we have built with God is to save me or have mercy on me. I know I'm, I know I mess up and I do this and that. And that's the only kind of relationship you had all your life with God. You never went beyond the Bible. Talk about moving on the rudiments of Christ. And when you get to know Christ Jesus, now beyond Savior, and get to know him as a big brother and get to know God as Father. When you're driving down the highway, you can say, oh, Father, help me right now. These cars look like they're going to hit each other in situations like that. The Lord gave me a dream the night before, I an mean, accident that took place because a state trooper decided to pull a woman over. He just shot across me in a dream, and it happened in real life. The next day, the next day it happened. I was able to call on God. I was able to say, "Father, oh, they help me in Jesus' name. I was able to ask for help. That's the thing about when you build a relationship with God. He's gonna respond. That's what I like about God. That's one of the things I like about God. When you build a personal relationship, I ain't talking about religion. I have relationships, you want. Your shoe could be your religion. I'm serious. At home, I got about 25 pairs of shoes. Okay. <laughs> now, if I was a foolish man, I'd be worshiping all those fancy shoes. Oh, I have this. Oh, I have that. All right, that's stupidness. The moth are gonna eat them up if I don't wear them. I can't wear 25 pairs of shoes at one time. I got to take my time away, and it's the an outbreak. Where are we going? Where are we running to? So the thing that I'm trying to tell you is when you build a relationship with God, and father and child, he's going to be there. He's going to be there. See, the thing about I like about God, he'll be there when nobody else can, because everybody can't be with you all the time. Everybody's not going to be there with you all the time. It's not going to happen. Nobody's going to be able to be with you twenty-four hours a day. Sometimes you're going to have to take a a trip by yourself, drive down a highway by yourself, or go somewhere by yourself. And there's times when you need God. And to make the matter worse, everybody ain't going to understand you. They're not going to understand what you're going through. They're not going to understand what's going through your mind. They're not going to understand what's going through your heart. They're not going to understand your emotions that you're going through. You need God. I'm telling you, God understands the infirmities and emotions of every living soul on this planet. There's nothing that God don't know about you. You just don't know that. God knows every single thing about everybody on this planet. We may not know that. Okay, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the hearts of men the things that God has prepared for them that love him. God prepared things for people that love them that they have no clue about. God had things prepared for people and the devil rips them off. He talked garbage to them. He talked trash to them. And they burned everything he said. The devil said, oh, they don't like you. And you start believing it. Yeah, they don't like me. You don't know them now. You don't know them at all. But yeah, they don't like me. They don't like my shirt. They don't like my shoes. That ain't said nothing to you. They ain't even thinking about you. Then he'll talk to people, say so and so talking about you. Sad part about it, the people don't even be thinking about them, mention their name, and they the devil got them believing that somebody talked about them. You have to understand something in the scripture here. It talks about rumors of wars. It talk about nation riding against nation. These are things we already see. It's not mystery. It's not mystery. We see kingdom fighting against kingdom. We see nation fighting against nation. We see pestilence all over the world. Oh, come on, we're not retarded. You can Google it pestilence, famine. And now there's virus. But beloved, there's more to come. There's worse to come. I hope you're in a holy place. I hope you're walking with God because you're going to need God to bring you through. You're gonna need God to take you over in the midst of all the stuff that's going on. It's not make believe. I try my best to get people to see, it's not make believe. It's not mess. See, don't, you know what? Don't base God off of preachers. I'm gonna say it again. Don't base God off of preachers. Preachers are men and women, and they do what they wanna do. Some of them get up and preach and make you cry, but they won't live a house of God's word. Do not base your salvation off of because the preachers are shady and crazy and weighty, okay? You need to get to know God personally for yourself. You need to get a walk with God for yourself so you can be obtained into the kingdom of God. When God calls your name. Because You know what? Here's the best part of everybody. Everybody's name is going to be called, okay? The Bible says it appointed unto man wants to die after this, the judgment. Okay, so it's not a thing like you're gonna be bypassed. Your name is gonna be bypassed. You can say, oh, they're not gonna call my name. I'm cool. Uh, you're not, cause your name is gonna be called whether you're right or whether you wrong. Let's move on. Let's go to Luke chapter nine and verse 62. Listen to this. This is Jesus speaking. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. I'll say it again. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. What does he say? Ah. As for us, so-called famous preachers. The preachers running around. That's for those guys. They start out preaching, you must be born again. You must be saved. And next thing you hear them saying, I need a $1,000. Everybody give me a $1,000 right now. I need it right now. I need this. I need that. I want that. They done forgot about you must be born again. Now listen to the wealth thing. They have the what they move into the prosperity ministry. And some of them have some new ministry. I don't know what they call it now. I was talking to one person today, and they were discussing about this new movement that they have. I'm gonna tell you again: heaven and earth shall pass away, but God's word is gonna stand forever. It's not changing, beloved. God's word is never gonna change. It's not changing for me, and it's not gonna change for you. Nobody be mad about it, scream about it, pull your hair out of it, put mud on your face, whatever you want to do. God is still gonna be on this throne and he's still gonna watch you put mud on your face. <laughs> <laughs> the thing here is beloved, any man that start preaching the gospel and make a U-turn and start teaching lies is not fit for the kingdom of God. You gotta understand when I was coming up, um, the preaching was saying, ah, hmm, mm, and I know said, mm, yeah. And you had no idea what he was saying. As a kid, you definitely didn't know what he was saying. Mm, so the kids, what the kids did, we 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 uh, we um, pretend to be them. God said, yeah. But nobody knew what he was saying. He said, mm-hmm. it sounded like he was eating. I never forget the time I was I was used to work at the altar as an altar, a counselor. And there was this man that came up to the altar for prayer. And he wanted to give his life to the Lord. So he gave his life to the Lord. So the brother that was with him said, Come on, say, Thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Come on, praise the Lord. You know what the man was saying? My bread, my bread, my bread. His mind was on bread. He was saying, My bread, my bread, my bread, my bread. They say, What is he saying? My bread, my bread. He was was calling out bread. He was calling the God of bread. (laughs) It sounds funny, but the man was saying, Oh, my bread, my bread, my bread. They like, my bread. We were cracking up laughing. Come on, out of the young. Guy. I ain't going to pretend I crack up laughing, something like that. We were rolling. He's saying, Oh, my bread, my bread. And he was sincerely calling for bread. He wasn't thinking. His mind was somewhere else. He must be within the store. Maybe his wife told him to buy some bread. I don't know what the case of. And he said, Oh, my bread, my bread, my bread, my bread, my bread, my bread, my bread. And we were rolling. Nobody said nothing to him. We wouldn't say, It was funny. But listen, the Bible said to make your calling and your election sure. Make the calling that the life you live in is sure. Make the real. Make sure it's the real thing. Make sure that well, the way you live in is going to help you obtain eternal life. I don't care what no preacher say. I'm talking about what God's word say. Because preachers say a lot of stuff. And some of them run around and say everything they say is from God, and that's a lie. Everything no preacher say, every word come out of their mouth is not from God. So stop lying. And God don't speak to no man 24 hours a day. Let's stop lying and get right. All right. Now let's look at the scripture here. It says, and Jesus said, verse 62 of chapter 9 of Luke, it says, and Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Walk with God for yourself. Walk with God. Build a relationship with God. You can build a relationship with your pastor, you can build a relationship with the choir, you can build a relationship with the choir director, but that's not most important. The most important thing is you building a relationship with God so you can become part of the kingdom of God, not part of the kingdom of the church building. Everybody got membership. They have membership. I'm a part of Soul and church. I'm a, some people are so embarrassed about their church, they don't want nobody to know where to go. They don't tell nobody where they go. They're too embarrassed about the church they go to, so they don't tell nobody what church they go to at all. They ain't telling nobody nothing. They play dumb. And then when the pastor come by and call their name, they say, hi, pastor. They don't want nobody to know that they go there. They got to keep it a secret. They don't want nobody to know their business. Let's move on. Let's go to Luke chapter 23 and verse 42. And the reason that's following. This is a popular scripture. Most people know this verse. Luke chapter twenty-three, verse forty-two is saying, "And he said unto, and, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom." Verse 40, forty-three. And Jesus said unto him. Verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Look at that verse, excuse me, verse 42 again. It says, and he said said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, today thou shalt be with me in paradise. That sounds nice, right? That sounds awesome. But guess what? There was two other people on the cross. There's two other crosses. Mm-hmm. It was him. Okay. It was Jesus and the two malefactors. One here and one there. The other one, you know what the other one told him? If you be the Christ, come down off the cross. He wasn't concerned about obtaining eternal life. See, here's the thing about God. I want you to understand. God knows the heart. Man don't. No. Man will assume and judge a person and say he's this, he that. They don't want to serve God. But I'm gonna tell you something, what the scripture says that man became justified before God when he asked the Lord to remember him. See, we don't do this right. You gotta ask the Lord to remember you. You gotta ask, see, that's what the thing about humility. You ask God to remember you, you want God to remember you. You want the Lord to remember you. Because man is going to forget you. Listen, it's true. After a while, if you make somebody upset with you, after a while, they don't want to deal with you no more. They don't want to talk to you no more. I got to get myself together. I don't want to deal with you right now. That's how people are. So the man asked the Lord, he said, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. He knew who the Lord was. He knew exactly who he was. That's why he asked him, when you come into your kingdom, Please don't forget me. And Jesus told him, "Today thou shalt be with me in paradise." He didn't say nothing to the other guy. You know why? Because the other guy wasn't interested in eternal life. He was—he's hanging on the cross himself. He's more interested in trashing Christ, and that's how a lot of people are. They go to church and they trash God. What they do, they talk about everything. They look for every little tiny thing going on in the church and they trash God. They blame God for everything that happens to them. I want to tell you something. Listen to this. During this outbreak, and Mm. this is sad, many people at home, many young kids were being abused more than they were being abused before. It's really sad. Some of them had very abusive parents, and since they were all home, they abused those children more. I mean, this is really sad. It's not It's not a little thing. It's a serious situation. Some people were sexually abused, and they blamed God. Some of the children and people that have grown up that were sexually abused, it's some of their parents for it, for leaving them around certain people. You can't blame, you cannot hold God. You say, well, why didn't God do something about it? Because God gave you parents, and guardians. God just don't jump in and say, knock everybody out of the way and say, "I'm here." It doesn't work that way. God give you parents and guardians, uncles and aunts to have sense. I tell anybody if you see somebody trying to mess with you, tell somebody. Don't sit there, I don't know what to do. Tell somebody. If you got to run down the street, like the man many years ago, he was buck naked. The man had caught him. He was gay, and the man was catching gay guys, and what he was doing, he was chopping them up and eating them, right in Brooklyn. Yeah. He was chopping them up and eating them. And this young guy broke away, and he got out run out buck naked. So the police looking at him like he's crazy. He's running out in the street, help, help, help. So the police said, "What you what is going on with this guy? He said, he's trying to eat me, he's trying to kill me. They think the kid is crazy. He said, the man in that is trying to kill me. Now, here's the funny part. The kid had to tell why he was in the man's apartment. That made mm-hmm. that a bit. really mess him up. He got in trouble for doing it because he was doing male prostitution. So the whole thing was they went into the man's apartment mm-hmm. and they found nothing but bottled parts of bodies. He was chopping them up and eating them. This went on for a long time. Nobody in the building knew what was going on. That was that man's kingdom. He was filled up with the devil. This is why I'm telling you. You got to put your focus on God and God's kingdom and make it your business to get there. You can't let the elements of this world detour you. People will do anything to keep you from attaining eternal life. I'm telling you, people will do anything in their power. Listen, I've met people. And in fact, I know someone personally. I told them that their friend was going to get right and leave them hanging. They went there and got high with them every single day of the week. And I told them, I said, You know what's going to happen? You may not believe me, but they're going to get right and they're going to get their life together. They're going to leave you right there. Sure, my name is Bernard. Next thing I know, they come and tell me, So and so guy, he got his life together. He's going to church now. He got his life together. And now, when I seen the guy myself, I'm not going to lie. I couldn't believe, I, didn't, I said, you sure that's Joe? That can't be Joe. He said, yes, that's Joe. I was stunned. I said, look at him. This guy was worse off than you, and he smelled worse off than you. This guy living better than you, doing better than you, and you still run around like a nut. I'm telling you, people will cause you to lose out with God. You have to know which way you wanna go. You have to know where you wanna be in the kingdom of God. You have to know what you wanna do with eternal life for yourself. It's a personal thing. It's something you have to wanna to do with your life. It's something you must do. Let's move on. Let's go to Matthew 7. We just about finished, Matthew 7, 21. Matthew 7:21 says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that do the will of my father, which is in heaven. I'll read it again. Not everyone that saith, Lord, Lord, say unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father, this is a personal thing. Notice he said, "He that doeth the will of my Father, the individual that do God will, the individual that bears God's word, the individual that submit themselves to God, the individual that give their life to the Lord, the individual that do this, this person is going to obtain the kingdom of heaven. Nobody else. You can fake it, quake it, anchor, it, do whatever you want, but you'll never obtain the kingdom of heaven. Heaven, you'll never get eternal life. We fool ourselves." Oh, I could do it on my own. I'll make it on my own. You ain't making it on your own. You're not, you're not going into heaven on your own. You must be born again. You must accept Christ as your personal Savior. You must allow Christ to come into your life. You must allow him to control and guide your life each day if you want eternal life. The devil doesn't care about you. The devil don't care about me. He don't like you. He don't like you. People think the devil likes them. That's why people get strung out on drugs and then die. They're thinking the devil is loving and he ain't loving them, he's killing them. Read your Bible. You'll see stories in the Bible where people said that they were they 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 followed the devil and they got jacked up, and then they want to go before God and say, I want to come into heaven. He said, You ain't coming here. You're not coming here. The kingdom of God is just like that scripture said, it's like a man fishing. That man fishing pulls up all type of stuff out of the water. And he puts the good over here and the bad he throws away. You gotta understand something, the kingdom of God is not gonna change, we change. Right now I'm sweating, so I'm changing. I'm sweating and I'm changing. But the whole thing here is the kingdom of heaven is a nice cool place, don't you wanna go? Don't you wanna go? I know the story of the preacher. The pastor, he couldn't get the people to listen to him when he preached about uh, being saved and going to heaven. But what he did, he told the deacon to turn up the heat. He said, turn up the heat. Now this is the summertime. He said, turn up the heat. So all the people in the church sweating. And he started preaching about hell and the fire of the hell and people burning throughout eternity. And the people start sweating. And they start sweating. And they sweating. And he's still talking about, and yeah, they're going to burn throughout eternity. And the worms are going to be crawling out of them. Uh, and the people start, they sweat more. And next you know, next thing you know, when he had an altar call, everybody was there. <laughs> everybody, everybody. everybody was at the altar. I mean, I'm not, I'm honest, that wasn't right what he did. I mean, he scammed them to the altar, but they sure enough came. They sure enough came running to the altar. They sure enough God saved. Because when he got through preaching about the fires of hell, they were sweating and they taking opening their coats and they taking up their jackets. They were roasting. But I'm so glad that they nobody, the deacon didn't rattle them because they would have been mad. <laughs> they would have been mad. All right, let's look at that verse one more time. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my father, you've got to do the will of God. There is no getting around. You know what? You know one of the problems, the big another big problem with the church? They don't know what God will is for their life. Most people have no clue what God will is for their life. They don't have a clue. When you get a job, well, most jobs. They give you instruction on what you got to do. And then after a while, you know that job or whatever you're you're supposed to do, you do it good. A year ago, I used to work for a bank in the mail room. I became very good with sorting the mail. I could do it with my eyes closed. That's how good I was. But I didn't start out that way. It's the same thing with the will of God. You first need to find out what God will for your life. And sometimes God has great things for people and they have no clue. They have no clue what God wants for them. They just go to church. They just go to services. They get online and watch services and still don't know what God has for them. But God has a plan for your life. Let's move on. We're just about finished. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter six. And verse 9. Okay. Listen to this. First Corinthians chapter six, verse nine says, know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves, but mankind. i read it again. Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, No adulterers, no offenders, or abusers of themselves for mankind. Nobody. I'll say it again. No unrighteous people. I mean, you got to be truthful. Nobody. No idolaters, people that worship idols. Take those chains off your neck with those crosses running around. I'm holding, I'm wearing the cross. You ain't got that Jesus isn't on no cross. That's adultery. People got crosses in their home on a wall. That's adultery. Jesus ain't on no cross. He's been off the cross over 2,000 years. What are you doing with one? You're supposed to be carrying your personal cross every day as you live. Oh, you don't want to do that part, right? You don't want to carry your personal cross, but you want to stick a cross on the wall and look up and say, I remember Jesus. You can remember Jesus by living right every day. The Bible said any fornicator, all fornicated. Those are people that had sex before marriage. They're not going to inherit the kingdom of heaven. I'm just being truthful. They're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. And it goes on and says, no adultery. Everybody know about adultery. That's popular. Everybody know about adultery. He's adultery. He be cheating on his wife. She be cheating on her husband. They all know about those. But fornicators, people that have sex before marriage shall never inherit the kingdom of God. You've got to repent of your sins and get right with God. Then it goes on and say, effeminate men, it's like they, they, they want to be women they're very feminine. You ain't going to inherit the kingdom of God like that. You got to get God to clean you up. And then they talk about those that are abusers of themselves with mankind. Those of you that love to say you may have all these tattoos on your body. I don't beat around the bush. That's a body abuse. And then those that uh, are bisexuals, are homosexuals, lesbians, and all that, it's the truth. It's the truth. I didn't write it. People say, don't say that. I'ma say it again. Homosexual, lesbian, bisexual, trisexual. They got some other wacky one they got. They got all kinds of sexual now. But however, the Bible makes it plain that all have sinned. Everybody have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible turned around and said, You with nobody righteous. Because they got everybody got their little scam and their little scam and wham going. But you be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever you spend your life sowing, however you sow in your life, sinfully, wickedly, and using deception on people, the Bible says you're going to reap it. It's going to come back to haunt you, it's going to come back and curse you, it's going to come back and get you. The, the lesson, the Bible services and stuff I do they're not popular make people jump up and down and spin on their head and all that, I don't have no great organist and all that stuff to make us hear music and jump up and down I just want to tell you the truth if there's one person that's listening to this broadcast right now and if you don't know the Lord as your personal savior I want to pray a simple prayer, a repentance prayer with you bow your head and repeat after me Lord Jesus I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I ask you to come into my heart, to be my Lord and my personal Savior. I thank you for saving me in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, before you go, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you call on God from your heart, he will save you. If you're walking away from God, renew your fellowship with God. Walk with God in peace. Don't let people tell you how to live before God. Live for God. Get to know him as a father. God will bless your life. God will meet the needs in your life. Even when you see no needs being met, you got to learn how to trust God. Now listen, you can go to the website, www.tabernacledeliveranceinc.org. You can leave a prayer request. You can be, uh, uh, leave a testimony, and also you become a partner with us, and uh, you can leave an offering or whatever you want to do and be a part of the ministry. On Wednesday night, we have Bible study. You can come back and be, be a part of the Bible study on Wednesday night at 8.15. Until then, remember, find out what kingdom you live in to go to. Find out whether you're going, you're living, the life you're living, you're living to go to God's kingdom, or you living to go to hell with the devil and then to the lake of fire. Figure out where you're going. The Bible says, Search the scriptures. Where well, then we think we have eternal life. And many people have testified and found out when they start searching the scriptures, they didn't have it. God bless you, and I'll see you Wednesday.